So, Avery, we, you've been talking for a minute or two, and you're talking about the fact that you've seen some success. This is your second call, I think, and you're already recognizing that it's working. It, so it, it is a very Stop. good attitude to have. Very helpful. Okay. You mentioned also that you were arguing with your parents. Will you finish that thread? So. Hmm. All right. Um, what do you want to know about it? Just ask me some questions that I'll, 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 I'll give you. About arguing. Hmm? About arguing. You said you were arguing with your parents. First off, what uh, uh, about what? Okay, so this was about my dad has, and I guess yeah, my dad and my mom have been. I um, they have uh, they have rules for me that I struggle to follow, even though it's been honestly years, even since I was a kid. I. I um the the rule is one of the rules is essentially that I can't eat outside of the kitchen and this is a very silly like I know that it's something that I sorry let me start again the rule is that I can't eat outside of outside of the kitchen and I forget is what happens and when I forget they get mad at me because they're like, we've told you this a million times. Follow this rule. And I'm like, ah, crap. I am so sorry that I didn't, you know, but I forgot. And is the, is the kitchen is the kitchen a place where food is cooked? Or is this a, a place where there is a kitchen table where people eat? Kitchen table where people eat. It extends to a lot of things. I am neurodivergent and I struggle with uh, with following directions honestly I am forgetful and I okay well that's kind of an unusual rule yeah uh, almost all the families allow their kids to go eat wherever they want to eat so long as the kid will clean it up so what's the what's the issue about eating in the kitchen Whose rule is that, mom's or dad's? More so dad's. My dad is a, uh, he, he's the kind of person who takes things, he, he's very, I guess if we were to think about this in broader terms, he uh, lives his life following very strict rules and patterns because he basically has to to keep his job. I mean, he's very successful. Huh. So bizarre to hear myself saying this. Well, when he goes to a restaurant, does he eat in the kitchen of the restaurant? Because kitchens are places where people cook food. Our kitchen right. is connected to a, a dining area, and that's where uh -huh. we're supposed to be eating. Okay, all right. So... If uh, the family goes to a restaurant, then it would be assumed that they would be sitting and eating at the table in the restaurant. 
but they wouldn't go to the cashier's desk and eat there. And they wouldn't yeah. go to the kitchen to eat. They'd go to the designated eating place if you went to a restaurant. Right? Yes. Okay. So some rules have some logic to them. Um, other than them fussing, what's the problem with eating wherever you want? I mean, people drive their cars and eat McDonald's. They. Um, I don't think the rule, my problem, I'm not saying that I have a problem with the rule itself. My problem is basically just the fact that I am still forgetful and that the more that I make mistakes like it's it's not just this it's just in general there are a lot of rules that i have to follow and then sometimes i don't follow them like if my dad is working i cannot be too loud when i'm hanging out with friends or calling or talking to a friend and i often forget that and i might interrupt him or i'll eat somewhere where i'll, I'll it's it's a lot of adhd <laughs> stuff where i will finish my food and then maybe forget to clean it up afterwards and I think just over time this has made them very uh, like he it means that we, we kind of have this conflict where like I feel like I keep making mistakes because I keep messing up and he's annoyed with me for continuing to make these mistakes and I wish I could be more awake when I'm about to make a mistake. I'm about to not clean something up. I'm about to accident, like break a rule. I'm not mindful of that rule. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the issue comes from. Because it's not just this. It's it's a lot of things, really. Oh, okay. But basically, any time that you break one of these many rules, your dad comes down on you, and then you argue with him. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so it's the same pattern no matter what. Pretty it's much. Is that you you do something that he doesn't like absent mindedly and then he fusses and then you argue and then the relationship goes to the toilet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been noticing arguing a lot lately. Um, and that I think that we could, uh, let us say, as a profession, the psychologist should be looking at that a lot more. Um, basically, it seems that when people argue, it's because they feel that they can't be heard, that they have to tell their side of the story, that if there is an offense, that we should mount a defense. We have to defend ourselves. Sorry. I don't know. Right. I. Yeah. And I, uh, I lash out out of that wanting to defend myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't defend yourself, he's going to punish you. But in an argument situation that you defending yourself is your punishment and then him attacking you again is even more punishment. 
So the best thing to do is to find a way to not argue with your dad. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you do. He's going to argue. He's going to find something wrong with it. And not only that, but you picked up that rule and so you're applying it to yourself. So anything you do, you'll find something wrong with it and start arguing with yourself about it. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say that I, when I find that. When I make a mistake, it's like. I am hard on myself because of that. Mm hmm. Do you think that when your dad makes a mistake that he feels bad, too? Yeah. Yeah, so he argues with himself. This. <laughs> I guess. If I'm in the. Sure, that's a good point to look at is that you and your dad are a lot of Mike which is very, very typical that if uh, two people live with each other for your whole life and his past 20 years, you're going to pick up a lot from him and be just like him. But in fact, the story is, is that um, uh, when the kid's a teenager, his dad's an idiot. When the kid's 25, his dad's not so much of an idiot. When he's 35, his dad's okay. At 45, he begins to respect his dad for his wisdom. And I understand that he knows a lot more than me. It's just, it's frustrating. I mean, he knows a lot about how to freaking do like everything. I honestly feel kind of incompetent. Well, he tries to prove to himself and to others how incompetent he is as part of his answering to arguing with himself when he makes mistakes. Okay. But you seeing him as super competent or overcompetent leads you leaves you in the feeling of being incompetent and you still argue with yourself. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So we can either do one of two things. We can either learn to follow every rule and get it completely right, which is probably not possible. That in fact, he will make up new rules on the fly to argue with you about. So the the other possibility is just to stop arguing with him. So you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to mount a defense for his that's, offense. I understand. I know that's the solution, but part of me does resist that a lot, actually. I pardon. It's so hard. Think, to, it's hard to just to, to like stop. To just 
stop arguing and stop caring and not defend myself. Okay. Well, it's really, really hard to stop a, a big lorry, a big truck going at 100 miles an hour. If that 100 mile an hour truck hits a tree, it's going to destroy the tree and probably the truck, depending upon the size of the tree, right, at 100 miles an hour. But if the truck is only moving at 10 miles an hour, then he's going to be doing less less damage. And if he's if the truck is moving at one mile an hour when it hits the tree, then there's probably no damage at all. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So what makes it hard is the fact that your mind is running at a hundred miles an hour. That is the root of a lot of my problems. That is also actually what I was I had a, I have so many I'm so scatterbrained that I had so many different things I wanted to ask you about, but I think a lot of that stuff I was gonna ask about boils down to my mind keeps going from here to here to here to here to here, which makes it really hard to meditate and like do a lot no. of things. Watching it jumping around is a meditation. That in fact, that's the Mahasi meditation. That's the Mahasi method. Very common in Western Buddhism is to at least get a load of your mind jumping around. I mean, if you just ask your uh, your average high school kid, does their mind jump around? They'll say no, because they haven't bothered to look. You're beginning to look and you're beginning to see that the mind is a monkey mind. That in fact, the, uh, the, the concept or the statement monkey mind is centuries old. It's not part of Western Buddhism. That is many, many centuries old, though there's no place for it in the text. It's sort of like, um, how do you say, common wisdom that's developed in Buddhist societies, that the mind is a monkey mind. Okay, but you're lucky enough to begin to see that it's not the mind is a monkey mind. It's the mind that's a monkey mind. This one. This mind is a monkey mind. Okay. Now the question is, is when do you call it a monkey mind? Is when you see it jumping around. Is that right? Yeah. When I yeah. see it jumping, when I see it jumping around, it's, it is a monkey mind. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, well, it was a monkey mind and you didn't see it. Now it's a monkey mind and you do see it. So that's, that's a major change. Right? The monkey mind and you don't know it, you don't see it, and it just monkeys on. Or monkey mind and you see it. Now, which is better? Self-awareness, seeing it. Okay. All right, so that's progress. That's real progress. You can see it now. And when I say see it now, I mean see it in this moment. You can see it now. That you can wake up and see that the mind is a monkey mind. Hmm. Is, is that good to wake up to see that it's a monkey mind or just let it be a monkey mind and you're not even paying attention to a monkey mind? It just rolls on. 
like you say your dad, because your dad's got a monkey mind and he don't know it. And you've got a monkey mind and now you're seeing it. And now you know it. Is that right? That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like it's like society does teach us to, to, you know, you keep jumping from thing to thing. You have to keep doing this, doing that, or else you fall behind. It's just I have to cover all the bases. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? In baseball, you don't cover all the bases all at the same time. You go to first base, and then later. Maybe five minutes later, you have an opportunity to go to second base. And then maybe the third and then the home. So covering all the bases is like. Playing a whole baseball game all at once. That's what the monkey mind is, because we think that first base and second base and third base and fourth base are all different monkey mind operations where generally the, the monkey mind is jumping around a particular thing, trying to find a solution to it. Like how you feel. You feel bad right now, and so you'll say, I feel bad because my teacher yelled at me. I feel bad because the car. I feel bad because of uh, the homework. I feel bad because of the dog. I feel dad, bad because of dad. And you see that the monkey mind is jumping around to all of these things, but it's jumping because it's uncomfortable. And where it lands is also uncomfortable. And so it jumps someplace else that's also uncomfortable. But it's jumping around. The same basic problem is, is that I don't feel good. Could that be possibly true for you? So when it's jumping around, it's actually jumping around the circle and there's a central point of I don't feel good. So I'm looking for a solution to the problem if I don't feel good. In fact, people manufacture problems. The monkey will jump into one particular sewer. We create our own problems by trying to get rid of our bad feelings. And so the monkey mind trying to find a solution to a problem that really doesn't exist. That is what, what it is. is. That's what overthinking mm -hmm. is. Is mm -hmm. I keep looking for problems or trying to solve this, solve that. It just it's a it just keeps going and going right. and going. And then when I sit down to meditate, it also does that because it goes I sit down and I'm <laughs> trying to think positively and then it's like, oh no, we gotta jump over here and think about this thing that isn't that is not going to make me feel good. Right. Except now the big change is, is that you know it. You can see that this is a monkey mind that is jumping around. So you're making major progress. I mean, you begin to turn the lights on in your own mind and recognize that it's a hopping mad place as opposed to just stumbling in the dark in a hopping mad place feeling bad so you're making an improvement you can see it that's true i wouldn't yeah. be able to do that a year ago or i wouldn't have known to do that a year well ago. until you started looking whenever now that you're beginning to look you're beginning to see what a monkey mind it is except that your dad's probably got a much more monkey fied monkey mind 
and he don't even know it. He's All right. So we're getting around now to the point that you've gotten some success. You can actually see the monkey mind. So what you can do is congratulate yourself every time you see the monkey mind. But what do you do instead? Is that you flush at yourself. You see the monkey mind, and instead of recognizing what a beautiful thing you've just done, you fudge at yourself. Oh, you should not have a monkey mind. You've got a rule. You should not have a monkey mind. To where in fact, you do have a monkey mind. And so now you monkey mind more about being able to see the monkey mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? All right. So instead, we can we can begin to nourish rather than criticize the monkey mind. You see, your dad's very critical. He's critical of himself. He's critical of you. He's not nurturing at all towards you. So it's time for you to start nurturing yourself. To actually be happy that you can see the monkey mind. Now, here's an important point that when you can congratulate yourself for see the monkey mind, you've just now started to having positive thoughts. Now the monkey has jumped into positive territory. You think uh, I can just let it go from thing to thing, but direct it towards more wholesome? No, thoughts? you've been letting it go from thing to thing all of these years, and your dad keeps letting it go from thing to thing all of these years, and he's not even bothering to see that it's happening. But you're able to do something about it only because you can see it. You cannot cook a rabbit for supper that you can't catch, and you can't catch a rabbit you can't see. Oh, what I was saying actually was I direct it to go towards sensory experience or positive thoughts or congratulatory thoughts instead of it going to negative immediately, maybe. Well, you're already in the negative. You're already there. The question is, is can you see the negative aspects of the monkey mind without having a critical rule about it? You can have the there, there. It's okay. I see you. It's all right at the monkey mind. You can settle down. Okay. That in fact, the seeing of the monkey mind and accepting it as a monkey mind congratulating yourself for being able to see the monkey mind, guess what? That congratulations is now a wholesome positive thought as opposed to a negative monkey mind thought is that you can begin to congratulate yourself to see the monkey mind. The Buddha had a word for that and it was an important part of his teaching, but it's not used very often. I think that in, the, in fact that a lot of the suttas were written only in a particular environment to where there were people there who would bother to learn the sutta. But there was a lot of communication between people and the Buddha and, and amongst the senior monks themselves that used this quite a lot. And it's a little phrase that the Buddha used in his language was, aha, I see you, Myra. But in your case, we can change that around to, aha, I can see you, monkey mind. 
Aha, I can see you. Okay. Now that aha, I can see you is a very positive way of looking at it as opposed to, oh, no, here it comes again, which is what most Westerners do. Oh, no, here it comes again. I thought that that monkey mind was gone and now it's back. Okay. And that is um, a very critical thing to say based upon a set of rules as opposed to be joyous that you can see it. Aha, I can see that monkey mind. Because only then, because you see, you're changing your attitude a bit. Aha, I can see you, monkey mind. You're beginning to uh, uh, feel good that you can see it. Because you're going to be able to see it often, because the monkey mind is monkeying around often which means that now there's an opportunity to feel good often. Every time you catch it, you can say, aha, I see you. But also the catching of it interrupts it, doesn't it? The aha, I see you actually is um, uh, getting the attention of the monkey mind. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. So this is the teaching of the Buddha that a lot of people don't understand. They think that the Buddha just gives people a whole lot more rules. And actually, it's the other way around. The Buddha says, stop using your own rules against yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stop well, using use all. I could even use that to. If... <clears throat> If I'm really distracted when I'm like done eating and I'm thinking about some stuff and I wake up, I can realize, oh yeah, I see that. I can I can see that I'm thinking right now. Let me let me congratulate myself on noticing that and then finish whatever it is I need to do properly. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well try it. That's the whole point. Is is that once you can see the monkey mind, you have a chance and uh to make a change. If you can't see it, you can't change. So this is back again to the Eightfold Noble Path. This is it, is to remember to look. And when you look, you can see. And then the aha, I can see that comes, which is part of then taking the effort to make a change, which you've already started. The aha, I see you is the change as opposed to seeing it and oh no there it is again all oh, monkey mind monkey mind because that's the way that the statement is normally used is monkey mind is a term that people use in a derogatory way rather than seeing the monkey mind is a very positive thing so that making that change from just letting the monkey mind roam because we're ignorant of it now we can see it we have an opportunity to change in fact the seeing it is part of the change it's the first step of the change is being able to see it and you're going to see it over and over and over and over again because it's a monkey mind it's been jumping for years it's in the habit of jumping around but now you're going to get into the habit of seeing it when it's jumping around and congratulate yourself for seeing it. Aha, I can see this monkey mind. 
All right. Now, when your dad attacks you for doing something wrong, when he becomes the parent and he criticizes you, that's probably a grand opportunity for the monkey mind to start jumping around looking for excuses. Right. Yeah. Looking for a defense, looking for a way to defend yourself. Feeling like you can't get a word in edgewise, that he's the boss, et cetera, like this. And so that monkey mind will be in play when he is criticizing you. So here's a new opportunity because it's really easy to see that he's criticizing you. I mean, there his mouth is running, probably speaking in a somewhat louder voice. And so if you can pick up on that, that he's criticizing you, you can say, aha, uh -huh, dad is criticizing, but there is no reason to set the monkey mind in motion to try to mount a defense. That in fact, the easiest way to stop an argument is by agreeing with your dad. Yeah, you're right, dad. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it's a reminder. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. And you can begin to appreciate him rather than seeing him as your enemy and then seeing your own mind as an enemy. You can make friends with both. Make friends with your own mind by saying, aha, I see you, Myra. And congratulating yourself. And so when your dad comes in and says, you're supposed to eat in the kitchen. You can do exactly the same thing. Aha, dad, thanks for reminding me. I see it. Yeah, you're right. And that will short circuit those arguments. You'll bluster away with saying, well, do better next time or you do this. So you do it all the time. Something like that. Instead of defending yourself, you can say, you're right, Dad. You're right. Thanks for reminding me. And that'll help your relationship with him quite a bit, because right now the two of you have an argumentative relationship, and you think that the argument is going to go away if you can only remember to do what he told you to do but he's going to tell you a whole lot of stuff to do. And therefore, he's going to argue with you on every point that you don't do. So the first thing that you can do is to forgive yourself for having that monkey mind. Because the monkey mind is part of the forgetfulness. So now that you can remember you can say to your dad then, that's a good point you're making. I'll remember it. You don't want to say something stupid like I'll try better next time because that's just an announcement that you're going to screw up again. Hmm. I'll try is a guaranteed failure. 
So instead, saying thanks for the reminder, that's a good thing to remember. That's the sati, to wake up so that we can see what's going on. What's the difference between saying thank you for reminding me and saying I'll try better next time? What is the uh, second thing? The second uh, thing. I, it doesn't have to do with him. It has to do with you. That impact the losers. The children who are losers in their mentality, they want the argument to stop. But they don't want to stop their behavior. And so they'll say, I'll try to do better next time, which means expect me to fail again next time. Hmm. Try. There's two different ways of using. Actually, there's three different ways of trying. Um, <clears throat> here's here's an example of the way that it's um, uh, tried. The wife says to her husband, I'm I'm trying a new brand of coffee. And she and he answers back, your coffee is always trying. You see the words used in a different way here. I'm trying a new coffee means she's testing a new coffee, but she can actually make coffee with this new coffee. So she's not using the word try here in a negative way. Hmm. But what he's saying is, is that your coffee is always trying, which means now he's being grumpy. He's being argumentative. All right. Maybe she said, I'm trying a new coffee because he's already complained about her coffee in the past. And so she tries a new coffee to test it on him to see if he likes it. And his answer is, it's always trying. But you're using in that statement the word try in a third way. And that is instead of trying a new coffee, which means that you know how to make coffee and you're just testing uh, that, the word I'll try to do better next time has the addition, has the quality of you expect failure. <clears throat> I'll try to do better means I am not going to do better. I'm trying to get rid of you right now. And so I'll tell you, I'll try better next time. Where in fact, we're just setting the cycle up again. And yeah, if I'm trying to do some, well, I guess in that, yeah, that makes sense actually. Right. So that word of you reminder doesn't really involve him at all. It's just I'm doing this. Thank you for reminding me, I guess. Mm -hmm. So thank you for the reminder. Exactly. Using the word again takes it back into the past and into the future. You can say just right now. Thanks for reminding me right here, right now. Begin to look at things always in the present moment. For instance, when you see the monkey mind, aha, I see you monkey mind. You're seeing it right now. You're not remembering that the monkey mind was a monkey mind 10 years ago or 10, 10 days ago. You're seeing the monkey mind right now. When dad is telling you uh, that you've broken a rule, he's doing so right here, right now. So don't go into the past or into the future. Like while I was working at it and or I'll try better 
next time is all into the future, past and future. So what we'll say instead is something in the present moment, like thanks for the reminder. That's a good point, Dad. Yes, I'll I'll work on remembering. And in fact, that's exactly what we're doing here is we're working on remembering what to look to make a change. But you're making this change for your own benefit, not for your dad's benefit. You're not trying to appease him and make him feel better because he's arguing because you don't have much control that if he can't get you to argue with him on one point, he'll find some other argument to get to trap you into arguing with him. So be careful. Dad coming five seconds ahead. No arguments this time. Gotcha. Start start to remember that when you're around your dad, his habit is to argue and he'll find something to argue about. And your job is to remember to not argue with him, to accept what he has to say joyfully. Even thank him for reminding you. You can even add at the end of that. You're a really good dad. Thanks for being my dad. Now that's an easy way to end an argument, isn't it? He comes to say, yep, 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 about the dinner table. Oh, dad, thanks for reminding me. That you don't have to defend yourself because if you defend yourself on one thing, you'll attack something else and you will have to defend that. And here you go dancing around this argument of his attack, your defense. Perhaps you're, you'll turn to ta- your defense around to attack him and then he's got to defend by attacking you again. No one in all the arguments, we have had many hundreds of thousands of arguments around 7 billion people. Do you know how much? I bet right now in this instant on the planet Earth, there's probably 100 million arguments happening right now. And guess what? No, No one has ever won an argument. We just argue until we get tired of arguing. And some people have quite a habit of arguing. They don't do anything else except argue. That's their 100% of their communications with the world is arguing, defending, attacking, wanting, wanting respect, wanting to get a word in edgewise, you know, that kind of stuff. And so be on your toes. Start watching. This is, in fact, what real Anapanasati is about, is to be able to handle this moment. Now, the way that we practice is by getting away in seclusion so that we can begin to uh, recognize our own monkey mind, to recognize our own arguments inside of our head. When I notice the monkey mind and I say, aha, I see it, uh-huh. do I just keep continuing to return because I've noticed that these things are so fast. They're so yes. Fast. So the answer to that after the, the next one, aha, I see you monkey mind. But I'm going to relax right now. OK, here's an example of that is, is that uh, I'm sitting here. Uh, 
enjoying the moment. And then the thought comes about an argument that I had with my sister yesterday. And so um, when I wake up to that, that I'm remembering that argument. You see, in fact, one of the reasons why we rehash old arguments is because we're looking for new ammunition. Oh, I'm going to tell her this. And guess what? She's probably over there having getting ammunition for your the next argument with you too. And so she's going to come up with something really stinky. Because we're trying to think of something to say to her that's really stinky for her. Okay, we're going to get her goat. We're going to prove to her that we're right. But the arguments just continue on. So here I am sitting and thinking about the argument that I had with Susie yesterday, and then I can wake up and says, aha, my sister is not here. Why should I argue with someone who's not even here? Aha, uh -huh, I can see. In fact, the monkey mind has just jumped onto that argument yesterday. Aha, uh -huh, I see you argue. I see you, monkey mind. I see you, Mara. And by seeing it, we can say, ah, oh, I don't have to think about that argument with sister yesterday. I don't have to. Th I can sit here and then just enjoy the moment. So now we've kind of come all the way through the process that we have woken up. We have recognized that the monkey mind is there. We've done something to change the monkey mind. Aha, uh -huh, I see you, monkey mind. Okay, the thought, the monkey mind thought was argument with sister. And to now sister's not here. Why should I argue with her here in my mind when she's not even here? So the next point, step four, is wow, I don't have to think about her now. Wake up, take a look. Make a change and congratulate yourself. Uh-huh, I don't have to think about dad. I don't have to think about sister right now. Okay, and so when dad wants to argue and he's there arguing, you can wake up and says, aha, uh -huh, your dad wants you to argue and you don't have to. You can just agree with him. You can thank him for the reminder. And, and end the argument right there with your dad, just like we ended the argument that we were having in the mind with Aunt Susie or uh, the sister. And we can stop it. We can throw it out of our own mind when we're in seclusion. Now, when dad comes, it's the same situation. But we don't have to monkey mind our way out of the argument. We can remember to say, that's good advice, dad. Thanks, I'll remember. You're such a good dad. Yeah, if I can do that, if I can actually do that um, in the present moment, I think, I think I would feel good about that because I think it would be a step forward finally, or at least an Absolutely, Absolutely, it's a step forward. It's a good step. It will help immensely your relationship with your dad. Because you're helping your relationship with you on the inside of the mind. So by making friends with you on the inside of your mind and coming out of your arguments with other people while you're alone, 
now you can make friends with your dad by coming out of the arguments you're having with him. Now you're going to fail at this because you're, this is a brand new thing and this is a big deal. You've never done this before. I have never done that. <laughs> but you can by practicing it. So in fact, you're going to take every time that your dad argues with you or tells you something to do, that's a new opportunity to practice. So you can actually be grateful for your dad to argue with you because that gives you yet another opportunity to wake up. So you could be happy right there with your dad. Every time he argues with you, you say, aha, <laughs> I don't have to argue with him. I can be happy with him. I can make friends with him. Yeah, you're right. So you're going to fail. Sure, the monkey mind's going to come up and you're not going to see it. Sure, but you're beginning to see it. You're beginning to see it. Uh -huh, I see you. And so that's the practice is to remember to wake up and look, to remember to make a change and then congratulate yourself. And this will make your mind really organized. It won't be such a monkey mind anymore. It'll start to become unified. Unified around the nurturing that you give yourself. You see, we're we're told in our culture that you're okay if you would only clean up this act this way. And so our feeling good is always dependent upon not screwing up. Except that we screw up on a regular basis. Nobody is perfect. Everybody screws up on a regular basis and everybody hates themselves for screwing up because we're supposed to hate ourselves for screwing up. When we screwed up as a child, dad or someone would come and, and tell us that we've screwed up and we're supposed to feel bad. Critical. Yeah, it goes pretty far back. Yeah. Goes yeah, all the like way. Like a little five-year-old, little six-year-old. All the way back to diapers even. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of old habits built up about arguing and defending yourself and feeling bad associated with that. So there's going to be some times when you don't remember. But when you do remember that you didn't remember, congratulate yourself then. You finally woke up. You do wait say that again you do remember that you didn't remember what yeah you didn't so you didn't remember oh. and you screwed up and then later you remember that you didn't remember and then you can instead of feeling bad for oh i forgot that's bad we can say uh-huh i'm glad i remembered yeah finally i i remembered but i did remember <clears throat> so you can start into an argument with your dad and about one minute into the argument you can wake up and says hey we're in an argument right now and you can change your uh, your verbiage, you can change your attitude, and you can finally say, you know, Dad, you are right. I don't have to argue with you. I can agree with you because you were right. So the argument may get started back up. The question is, how, how deep into the argument do you have to go before you, you can wake up and recognize that this is an argument that you're in 
and you don't have to argue with him. So we've got two things to work on. One is when you're in seclusion alone, playing with that monkey mind, accepting yourself, uh, rejoicing that you can see. And then on the other, with your dad, <clears throat> that when, when he's around, he's probably going to want to argue. That's the habit that you have, the two of you together, that all your conversations are based around arguments. And so by making the change on the inside and remembering that you don't have to argue with yourself, now you can apply that to your dad so that you can remember that you don't have to argue with him either. You can agree with him. Thank you. So practice, practice well, practice well, because you're going to need that practice to remember to wake up when he's around. Be on your toes for when he's around. Argument five seconds ahead. Be alert to it so that you can do something about it. And the monkey mind is like it can be like all right, it's like like in seclusion, right? I'll sit down to meditate, and I'll start breathing, and I'll remember that I have an in-breath and an out-breath, and then I'll try to start feeling good and, like, looking at what's there. But, and then, and then I, like, it happens really quickly where I'll get, one second I'll be feeling, starting to feel good, and then I'll run myself off by, like, thinking, like, it'll just immediately go off another second. Like, good one second, like, I'm starting to relax, and then I derail that because I... No, 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 no. When you say you're derailing again, you're being critical of yourself. You're thinking about breaking a rule. Instead, you can say, aha, the monkey mind, I see it again. And then I can see the I can see the distraction in a good way. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a good thing because it lets me. It's a good thing that I can wake it up. It lets you take control of your life because you can see how out of control the monkey mind is. But when you can see the monkey mind, you can say, aha, I see you, monkey mind. You just took control right then and there. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, every this has been a really good talk. I'm glad that you were getting the point here. And so we'll... Um, uh, uh, talk later, maybe a week or so. Go, go, go! Apply, tr go! Apply your new plan with your dad. Okay, thank you, and I'll apply it to myself. Goodbye. All right, we'll we'll see you next week. See you. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Oh, I don't know how to leave.